Chapter One of Dorothy Dale's Great Secret. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Dorothy Dale's Great Secret by Margaret Penrose. Chapter One An Automobile Ride. There is one thing perfectly delightful about boarding schools, declared Tavia. When the term closes, we can go away and leave it in another world. Now, at Dalton, we would have to see the old schoolhouse every time we went to Daly's for a pound of butter, a loaf of bread. And, oh yes, I almost forgot, Mom said we could get some Bologna. Phew! Don't your mouth water, Dorothy. We always did get good Bologna at Daly's. Bologna? echoed Dorothy, as if the young ladies of Glenwood School would disgrace their appetites with such vulgar fare. At this she snatched up an empty cracker box, almost devouring its parifying paper, in hopes of finding a few more crumbs, although Tavia had poured the last morsels of the wafers down her own throat the night before this conversation took place. Yes, Tavia had even made a funnel of the paper and took the powdered biscuits as doctors administer headache remedies. All the same, went on Tavia, I distinctly remember that you had a longing for the skin of my sausage, along with that end piece which you always claimed for your own share. Oh, please stop, besought Dorothy, or I shall have to purloin my hash from the table tonight and stuff it into the armlet of your new brown kid gloves, finished Tavia. They're the very colour of a nice, big, red-brown bologna, and I believe the inspiration is a direct message. The evolution of a bologna sausage. Modern edition, bound in full kid. Mine for the other glove. Watch all the hash within sight tonight, and we'll ask the girls to our clam bake. Dear old Dalton, went on Dorothy with a sigh. After all, there is no place like home and she dropped her blonde head on her arms, in the familiar pose Tavia described as thinky. But home was never like this, declared the other, following up Dorothy's sentiment with her usual interjection of slang. At the same moment she made a dart for a tiny bottle of Dorothy's perfume, which was almost emptied down the front of Tavia's blue dress, before the owner of the treasure had time to interfere. "'Oh, that's mean!' exclaimed Dorothy. Aunt Winnie sent me that by mail. It was a special kind. And you know my weakness for specials, real bargains. There, and Tavia caught Dorothy up in her arms. I'll rub it all on your head. Tresses of sunshine, perfumed with incense. Please stop, begged Dorothy. My hair is all fixed. Well, it's fixedest now. The superlative, you know. I do hate your hair prim never knew a girl with heavenly hair who did not want to make a mattress of it i have wonderfully enhanced the beauty of your coiffure mademoiselle for which i asked to be permitted one kiss and at this the two girls became so entangled in each other's embrace that it would have been hard to tell whom the blonde head belonged to or who might be the owner of the bronze ringlets but dorothy dale was the blonde and octavia travers sported the dark tresses Sported, we say advisedly, for Tavia loved sport better than she cared for her dinner, while Dorothy, an entirely different type of girl, 
admired the things of this world that were good and beautiful, true and reliable. And at the same time, she was no prude, and so enjoyed her friend's sports whenever the mischief involved no serious consequences. That Doro, as her chums called Dorothy, and Tavia should be so unlike, and yet be such friends, was a matter of surprise to all their acquaintances. But those who have read of the young ladies in the previous stories of the series, Dorothy Dale, a girl of today, and Dorothy Dale at Glenwood School, have had sufficient introduction to these interesting characters to understand how natural it was for a Lily, our friend Dorothy, to love and encourage a frolicsome wild flower, Tavia, to cling to the cultured stalk, to keep close to the saving influence of the Lily's heart, so close that no gardener would dare tear away that wild flower from the Lily's clasp, without running the risk of cruelly injuring the more tender plant. So it was with these two girls. No one could have destroyed their love and friendship for each other without so displacing their personalities as to make the matter one of serious consequences. Many other girls had coveted Dorothy's love. Some had even tried to obtain it by false stories or greatly exaggerated accounts of Tavia's frolics. But Dorothy loved Tavia and believed in her, so all attempts to destroy her faith were futile. And it was this faith, when the time came, that inspired Dorothy Dale to keep the great secret. Glenwood School was situated amid the mountains of New England, and the two girls had completed one term there. On the afternoon when this story opens, they were lounging in their own particular room, nineteen by number, waiting for the recreation bell to send its muffled chimes down the corridor. They were waiting with unusual impatience for the hour of freedom to come, for they expected visitors in an automobile. Like as not, Tavia broke in suddenly without offering a single excuse for the surprising interjection. The firebird will break down, and we won't get our ride after all. Cheerful speculation, interposed Dorothy, but not exactly probable. The firebird is an auto that never breaks down. What, never? persisted Tavia, laughing. No, never, declared Dorothy. Of course, all automobiles are subject to turns, but to really break down, Aunt Winnie would never allow her boys to run a machine not entirely reliable. Oh, drawled Tavia in mock surprise. Then the girls settled down to wait. The Firebird was a touring car in which the girls had enjoyed some noted rides about their hometown of Dalton. Dorothy's aunt, Mrs. Winthrop White, of North Birchland, owned the car, and her two sons, Edward and Nathaniel, or Ned and Nat, to give them the titles they always went by, good-looking young fellows, were usually in charge of it when their favourite cousin Dorothy and her friend Tavia were the other passengers. It may as well be stated at this time that Nat and Tavia were excellent friends, and even on a ride that had been termed notorious, on account of the strange experiences that befell the party while making a tour, Tavia and Nat had managed to have a good time and made the best of their strange adventures. It was not surprising, then, that on this afternoon, while Dorothy and Tavia waited for another ride in the Firebird, their brains should be busy with speculative thoughts. Tavia was sure Nat would think she had grown to be a real young lady, and Dorothy was so anxious to see both her cousins that she fell to thinking they might have outgrown the jolly big-boy relationship, 
and will come to her stiff and stylish young men the peal of the recreation bell in the outer hall suddenly aroused the girls and at the same moment the honk honk of the firebird's horn announced the arrival of the long-expected boys there they are exclaimed tavia quite unnecessarily for dorothy was already making her pearl-tinted veil secure over her yellow head and while tavia was wasting her time looking out of the window at the auto which was surrounded by boys and girls who stood on the path plainly admiring the two cousins and the stylish car dorothy was quite ready for the ride do come tavia she called the afternoon is short enough coming shouted the irrepressible companion in high glee making a lunge for her own veil and tossing it over her head as she dashed down the corridor dorothy stopped at the office on her way out to tell the principal mrs pangborn that the expected visitors had arrived and that she and tavia were starting for the ride permission to go having been granted in advance outside just beyond the arch of the broad driveway the firebird panted and puffed as if anxious to take flight again ned was at the steering wheel and as for nat he was helping tavia into the machine with both hands some jealous onlookers declared afterward however dorothy's friend rose mary marking known to her chums as cologne because of her euphonious first names insisted differently in the argument that followed the puffing away of the car it was no small wonder that the coming of the firebird should excite such comment among the girls at glenwood school an automobile ride was no common happening there for while many of the parents of the young ladies owned such machines glenwood was far away from home and so were the autos edna black called ned ebony and regarded as tavia's most intimate friend insisted that tavia looked like a little brown sparrow as she flew off with the streamers of her brown veil flying like wings molly richards nicknamed dick and always again the government like the foreigner in politics declared that the girls were not in it with the boys for as she expressed it girls always do look like animated rag-bags in an automobile boys just put themselves in the seat and stay put she announced but girls they seem to float above the car and they give me the shivers all the same interrupted cologne the damsels managed to hang on and dorothy was a picture ventured nita brandt the girl given to excessive expletive ejaculations according to the records of the nick association the official club of the juniors so the firebird with its gay little party flew over the hills of glenwood dorothy was agreeably surprised to find her cousins just as good-natured and just as boylike as they had been when she had last seen them and they in turn complimented her on her improved appearance you look younger though you talk older ned assured dorothy with a nice regard for the feminine feeling relative to age and tavia looks looks how stammered nat with a significant look at his elder brother search me replied the other evasively determined not to be trapped by nat into any expert opinion beyond words finished nat with a glance of unstinted admiration at his companion bad as that mocked tavia the girls do call me redhead and bricktop yes even carroty is thrown at me when i do anything to make ned mad you know that's the girl she hurried to add the girl edna black ned ebony for short you know she's the jolliest crowd how many of her asked ned pretending to be ignorant of tavia's school vernacular 
legion was the enthusiastic answer which elastic comment settled the question of edna black for the time being at least the roads through glenwood wound up and down like thread on a spool scarcely did the firebird find itself on the top of a hill before it went scooting down to the bottom then another would loom up and it had to be done all over again this succession of steep grades first tilting up and then down kept ned busy throwing the clutches in and out taking the hills on the low gear then slipping into full speed ahead as a little level place was reached and again throwing off the power and drifting down while the brakes screeched and hummed as if in protest at being made to work so hard the two girls meanwhile were busy speculating on what would happen if an something should give way or if the powerful car should suddenly refuse to obey the various levers handles pedals and the maze of things of which ned seemed to have perfect command this reminds me of the switchback railway remarked nat as the machine suddenly lurched first up and then down a rocky bump yes agreed ned shouting to be heard over the pounding of the muffler it's quite like a trip on the scenic railway pretty pictures and all i hope it isn't dangerous ventured dorothy who had too vivid a remembrance of the narrow escape on the previous ride to enjoy the possibility of a second adventure no danger at all ned hastened to assure her a long hill at last exclaimed nat as the big strip of brown earth uncoiled before them like so many miles of ribbon dropped from the sky with a knot somewhere in the clouds a long hill for sure none of your dinky little two for a cent kinds this time oh gasped dorothy involuntarily catching at ned's arm be careful ned ned took a firmer grip on the steering wheel as he finished throwing out the gear and shutting off the power while the spark lever sent out a shrill sound as he swung it in a segment over the ratchet the hill was not only remarkably steep but consisted of a series of turns and twists down the grade the car plunged in spite of the brakes that ned jammed on with all his force to prevent a runaway he was a little pale but calm and with his steady hands on the wheel clinging firmly to it in spite of the way it jerked about as if trying to get free he guided the firebird down the big machine swerving from right to left but ever following where the lad directed it as they swung around a turn in the descending road a clump of trees obstructed the view for a moment then the car glided beyond them gathering speed every moment in spite of the brakes the creek yelled tavia in sudden terror pointing to where a small but deep stream flowed under the road there's the creek and the bridge is broken the water was spanned by a frail structure generally out of order and in a state of uncertain repair it needed but a glance to show that it was now in course of being mended and there was a pile of material near it work however had been temporarily suspended then there flashed into view a warning signboard announcing that the old planking of the bridge had been taken up to allow the putting down of new and that the bridge was impassable the four horror-stricken occupants of the car saw this at a glance stop the car cried tavia can't answered ned hoarsely i've got the emergency brake on but it doesn't seem to hold it's all right called nat i saw a wagon go over the bridge when we were on our way to the school this afternoon 
but it crossed on some loose narrow planks tavia gasped i saw them put the boards there yesterday when we were out for our walk i forgot all about them oh stop the car we can't cross on the planks we'll all be killed ned leaned forward pulling with all his strength on the brake handle as if to force it a few more notches back and make the steel band grip tighter the whirring wheels that were screeching out a shrill protest at the friction i i can't do it he exclaimed almost in a whisper the firebird was dashing along the steep incline ned clung firmly to the steering wheel for though there was terrible danger ahead it was also close at hand should the auto swerve from the path his face was white and nat's forced breathing sound loud in the ears of the terror-stricken girls the bridge was but a few hundred feet away the auto skidded along as if under power though the gasoline was shut off there's a plank across the entrance maybe that will stop us cried nat never in this world replied ned in despairing tones dorothy was sending up wordless prayers but she did not stir from her seat sitting bravely still and not giving way to useless terror nor did tavia once the first shock was over for she saw how quiet dorothy was and she too sank back among the cushions waiting for the crash she felt would soon come if some boards are only down murmured ned maybe i can steer the next instant the firebird had crashed through the obstruction plank it splintered it as if it were a clothespole and a moment later rumbled out upon the frail loose planking laid lengthwise across the floorless bridge as a path for the repair teams uh-oh shrieked the two girls in one breath that jumped up from his seat and leaning forward grasped his brother by the shoulders then what followed was always a mystery to the four who had an involuntary part in it the front wheels took the narrow planks and clung there as ned held the steering circle steady there was a little bump as the rear wheels took the same small boards there was a crashing splintering sound and then before any of those in the car had a chance to realize it the firebird had whizzed across the bridge and was brought to a quick stop on the other side Whew! gasped ned as he tried to open the paralyzed hand that seemed grown fast to the steering wheel look at that cried nat as he leaped from the car and pointed back toward the bridge we broke two planks in the very middle and only the fast rate we clicked over them saved us from going down what an escape cried tavia as she jumped from her seat is the car damaged asked dorothy as she too alighted to stand beside her chum something happened to the radiator when we hit the rail and broke it said ned as he saw water escaping from the honeycomb reservoir but i guess it won't amount to much it isn't leaking badly the idea of the county having a picture bridge over a river why there's a swift current here and it's mighty deep just look at that black whirlpool near the eddy if we'd gone down there what the machine left of us would have been nicely cooled off at any rate the two boys were soon busy examining the car while dorothy and tavia stood in the road wasn't it dreadful exclaimed dorothy i do believe we ought not to go auto riding something happens every time we go out and to think that i knew about the bridge whispered tavia only yesterday i saw it and noticed how unsafe it was 
then i forgot all about it oh dorothy if anything had happened it would have been my fault end of chapter one